There was no. All I did was do it again. There's no fake. You just impatiently started hammering buttons. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Hammering away at stuff. It's funny. Uh, I was uh, flying with uh, buddy Dave, best friend Dave, years ago, and and something. I'm not sure. It wasn't that something went wrong. It's just that I couldn't find the right button for a second, and I just started mm-hmm. doing that. <laughs> and he said something like that. He says, "I don't think if you, I don't think you hammering away at that actually yeah, the is pressure gonna, doesn't change isn't going to change anything." Uh, no. oh, that's. Funny. I had a little incident, not an incident yesterday, but I'm going away in January for a month and booking flights yesterday. That was going to be my responsibility, so I'm checking all these flights to Puerto Plata. <laughs> Where's Puerto Plata? Mexico or Costa Rica? Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. Thank you. So they're all around, you know, 750, 800. And then all of a sudden this thing comes up on one of the things. And it was like 549. And I'm on the phone with my buddy, Doug. And we're talking about this. And it lined up pretty good. And I'm reading it. And it's like, you know, it's down on WestJet, back on uh, Air Transat. And when I had put in... Um, you know, uh, Toronto to Porta Plata, four people, boom, ba boom, ba boom, and then I'm, and he said, double check the price, and then we're going through it, and everything, and this is, it's saving like over a thousand bucks for four people, and it's like, wow, that's great. How can that be? But every so often, you hit on something like that, right? That's the mindset. Mm-hmm. It was two different airlines, and I don't care. Both are reputable. It's only click on it and i buy it and then they send me the itinerary <laughs> i'm going through it and not that it's a big deal <clears throat> rather in retrospect it's actually might be a good thing but we're flying back to hamilton i didn't notice that ah so we're flying out of toronto back into hamilton you, you didn't notice that the return air was going no, to Hamilton? Howard, it didn't. Like, it, it was there. Like, you know, it shows return flight, and it just has the destination, the little thing underneath. The airport but identifier honestly, was there, HAM. There was no thing like this This flight returns to a different destination. None of that. And it was somewhat maddening. And I'm thinking, oh, no, Hamilton. But then the more I thought about it, this departure flight is like 9.30 in the morning. The more expensive ones were like 7 a.m., which is a bonus. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, Hamilton, really, is it that bad when you live in Brampton? And it's I don't have to go through the Toronto uh, airport sure. experience because all I've ever heard of is Hamilton's fine. Hamilton is fine. I've flown out of there a few times. Yeah, my, like They don't have the issues that Toronto does. So in the end, I'm thinking maybe this isn't a bad thing. But at the time, it was maddening because it's not fair. There should be some kind of a... And listen, I know you have to do your due diligence. No, I, the only reason I'm, I'm not questioning you, but I will question this because when it... Because I've done some booking tickets recently and, and when it mm-hmm. gets to the point where, you know, it summarizes, it goes through all the steps, you put all your information in and then yes. it summarizes the ticket. Yes. On that page, it has the airport identifier. And again, maybe you didn't even think of it because if you look at the outgoing ticket it definitely starts with yyz to someplace yes. and so on the return ticket it must have had the dominican uh, airport identifier to chjm or whatever it is yeah, i think it's chjm but, but here's the the thing too often i'll hit all i'll click flight details but when it's a non-stop i never do you just assume I, you're going back to toronto yeah so again don't get me wrong 
Oh, I My due diligence wasn't there. Part of it that bugs me is that, you know, you have to do so much on your own now and yeah. go through all that stuff. Now do you want a seat? It's 80 bucks. And like on and on and on and on that stuff. I think, you know, when the destination change, it should be a little more clear to you. Like right. Maybe well, yeah, I mean, it, it, thing. it is a little unusual. Dan, you want to just uh, yeah. jump in there with a, a, a Bible quote? Do you, have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to jump in with Lord, what would what would Jesus, Jesus like to, what, like mine. when you're booking on Air Jesus what what uh, <laughs> what happens then yeah, you've got to be, you can't just imagine the airport right. code or pray for the airport code right. if you want to go to Hamilton it's one if you want to go to heaven it's a it's, return to you you have to book your seats it's HVM yeah <laughs> it's YHM it's, yeah, it's right why I like that CHVN. That would be the uh, airport identifier for heaven. I like mm-hmm. it. But my point is, if I click right. the thing, I want return flight, Porta Plata. I put Toronto to Porta Plata return. Yes. Yeah. Nowhere, no, 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 nowhere was there a beacon or an alert or yes. a thing that said, hey, just so you know. Okay, Dan, make your point, and I will uh, then comment on what you just said. Go, Dan, go. You probably didn't realize that you clicked at the beginning of the process that you were looking at nearby airports. Because they give you that either you go you fly out of Toronto, or there's the option to get uh, there's a wider kind of uh, you know. Well, I don't often agree with Fred, but I will in this particular case, Uh, Dan. Not to uh, diminish what you just said, what you just said is probably true. That all being said, and again, having booked a bunch of flights recently, there it, it is unusual for them not to or or not to be high lit that the return airport is different because that's not in the ordinary. Do you know what I mean? And I've booked a bunch of, excuse me, I booked uh, one-way flights. I booked a one-way flight from uh, Toulouse to Paris. I booked a one-way flight from Cancun here. So, you know, that's not, it's a little bit out of the ordinary, Daniel, I would say. Yeah, no, I mean. For it not to be at least an alert, I'm, I agree. There's probably because you're not the originating airport is not yeah. when you're returning to. Yeah. That makes it that makes sense. Listen, I will listen. It's on me again. When you're doing those things, you have to do. Again, you have to watch what you're doing. And Delise was right over my shoulder. But in retrospect, she said, you know, you were in too much of a hurry. But the thing <laughs> is, the night they're starting banging the babies yeah. hitting you know, things. Come on, Hamilton. Once you hit November, I was reading this on the weekend. People start booking for the winter. Oh, yeah. Stuff goes quick. Sure. So when you see a price like that and then you look at the other one, it's like $806 and like it's, boy, here's an opportunity. And you, you quickly go through and boy, it's wonderful. And it's like, mm. it's two different airlines. That's weird. Maybe that's why it's less money. Let's jump all over this. And again, it could be worse because, you know, the best part of that. Because Air Trans at there and back, their flight leaves at seven. So I'm thinking I'd have to be there at five. I'd have to get up at three thirty four and go through. That's terrible. That That's awful. This one is nine twenty. Yeah. Listen, you're talking to a guy, Howard Allen Glassman here, and I I wish I had the the details more at the ready. But sometime in the last fifteen years, I have booked a flight to. Re- and you, you remember this because it, it came up on the show where I booked a flight. Yeah. On the wrong day, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I can't remember where we yes. were, but I had gone. Yeah, my I booked. I had the wrong day for the ticket. It was it was. Uh, I had to rebook it somewhere. I can't remember where I was, but uh, I 
This was in the early days of having to book stuff uh, on your own, and I had booked the wrong date for the return ticket. Right. So this it's funny this it came up. It happens. My, this is interesting that it came up because, as often happens on the show with you and I, I've had this conversation just recently about how, it might have been with you, Daniel, but I was talking to somebody about the idea that it wasn't that long ago that all the things you just said would have been you on a phone with a travel agent. And uh, maybe it wasn't Dan. Dan, what, but you know, the idea is years ago, all that stuff that Fred was just talking about, booking tickets, getting deals, return, airfare, all that was done with a human being on the other end of a line. And, you know, we've all gotten quite comfortable, and your incident aside, with being our own travel agents. I, I was, in fact, whatever the conversation I was having with the person, I said, it's been so long since I talked to somebody else about booking travel, including booking hotels, booking Airbnbs, all that stuff that somebody else used to do for us. So I'd ask you, like, where's that industry? Who, who's doing, who are they doing that for now? You know what it is, Howard? I think it's for people as old or older than us that are i got to imagine if you go by a, a, a mall and there's a, a, a thing a travel agent and people are walking out the people walking out would be old people yeah um a lot of it's corporate now there's yeah maybe you know, most of the most of the uh, travel agents are even corporate but I, I the last time i tried to do something through an app travel agent they i got a, a travel agent fee on top of whatever <laughs> yeah. it was well, and that's a, that's a good point. Like what would like you spent hours probably doing what you did, Fred, right? Looking for it, like a couple hours doing what you did. Well, we had booked the accommodation. So then then we had to book the flights. And yeah. my buddy had been there a few times and he said, flights are no problem on, you know, Monday, Tuesdays to that destination. I'm going to be leaving on a Tuesday, by the way. Um, so I thought, oh, OK, that's fine. But then again, you, when you when you click on and we needed a confirmation about the accommodation, and you're looking at the flights and oh, that's good, that's good. And then within hours, how those disappear because people, you know, planes are only so big and the city's huge. There's you know, Joe Blow and Scarborough's doing the same thing and then buying those seats. Next thing you know, they're gone. Now you my never question though. Hmm? My question was: Would you would you have paid uh, somebody to do what you did? Well, here that's interesting too because some of these online. When you phone them and ask them to help you, there's a fee. You know Aeroplan? If I book it myself, there's no fee. If I phone Aeroplan and say, can you book this with my points, please? It's like $35 a ticket. Yeah. You know, and so I, get, I, I get what Dan's saying that, it, mm-hmm. you know, is it worth, uh, okay, $35? Is it worth $140 to somebody? Maybe not you and your group, oh, yeah. but sure. to somebody it is to mm-hmm. have that service performed for them but i i do disagree with something you said dan i don't think it's a two-hour process like i no it you know, doesn't have to be. it doesn't have to be and no and generally if it's fairly straightforward you know i booked a flight to paris and back and a train and back and a mm-hmm. and a single user uh, whatever when a single user a <laughs> one-way ticket i did all of that in 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 none i don't think that could have taken me a half an hour but to Fred's point too, like there's an age group, a demographic, or maybe even a psychographic of people that aren't comfortable right. doing it themselves on their computers. My point is uh, about us, our peer group, we're pretty comfortable. I mean, my booking the wrong date coming back aside, um, that's only happened once in multiple online purchases. 
Howard, I've been doing it for years, and this is the first time anything like this has happened. To exactly. But again, to be fair, I usually go to Air Canada, and I got lots of points over the years, so that's, that tends to be where I purchase. Although when I've gone where you're going to Mexico City, I've never done it on points because it's a straight return flight, and usually the deals are pretty good. Although I notice that's gone up quite a bit over the past couple of years. But too. you know, and I use Air Canada predominantly because of points too. So you get you get used to their interface. Mm-hmm. Yes. You get used to how it looks and, and when you're prompted. Like, I had to book a flight from this uh, little city outside of San Miguel's called Leon, and I booked a flight on a, a, a Mexican airline, and the interface was different. And it took me a little longer because I had to be more careful. I had to mm-hmm. read mm-hmm. what was I buying. I had to purchase extra uh, extra baggage and whatever. But it, it took me a little longer because it didn't look the what I'm used right. to, how it looked. And sometimes you can, again, run into time because the night before I was ready to book, but we hadn't got confirmation on the accommodation. So it's the chicken or the egg, you know, it's like, well, if we can't get those dates, I don't want to fly in there. And then you're, you know, you're getting one night here, one night there, maybe until anyway. Yes. I don't have to explain. No, you you don't. You know what it's like. I do. But let me wrap this uh, segment up in a nice little bow. After it was all said and done and the dust had settled, I said to Buddy Doug and Delise and his sweet life, uh, wife, sweet life, Laverne, uh, sweet wife, Laverne, I said, if we had been doing that and the seats had been $800 and then I said, hey, guys, look at this for 549 we can fly back into Hamilton, we probably would have taken that option. It saved a thousand bucks. So for the sake of another 50 bucks on an Uber or something... No, it's great. Well, it's I, I, You're I, way ahead. it works out a little better for you than Buddy Doug, I think, only because Hamilton. Don't worry. What? I'm working on that end of it. <laughs> Are you? Because <laughs> uh, he's got to go back to Scarborough. You just jet over there to Bramptonia. No, I oh. think I have an idea. I'm going to get them to come the night before, leave their car here. Oh, okay. Person. No, that makes and sense. And when we get back to Hamilton, come here and their car will be here. I think that's what I'll do or some other. Listen, I am going to compensate for my little error. And which one of us is going to be picking him up at the airport? <laughs> that's right. He's going to call me. Hey, can I get a <laughs> can I get a Juber to Hamilton? <laughs> no, that's a thing I was thinking immediately. You think, oh, maybe one of the kids can pick me up. <laughs> be, uh, maybe on, uh, I'm coming on a Tuesday. Maybe on Sunday they can leave the car near a mall there or something. <laughs> I'll just uh, taxi to the mall. And- I've uh, flown out of Hamilton a couple times, and I have flown out of Buffalo uh, once with yeah. the kids where we, you know, overnighted and flew out of Buffalo to uh, somewhere. I can't remember where we were going with the girls. and uh, Right. It might have been Cuba. I don't know. But uh, it's pretty convenient. And Hamilton Airport is uh, big enough for, you know, big-time jets, but small enough that it's like a simple process. You'll have so... Yeah. It'll be so much easier for you. Like, honestly, you should... Yes. D- Doug and Laverne should give you extra money just because you've saved them so much hassle. Well, this is it. At first, no. you're, you're like... You know, it's like, oh, man, what have I done here? And you feel stupid, but then... You let the dust the dust settle, and yeah. then you just think about it, and it's like, wow, this is actually this isn't a bad thing. 
Well, because well, you are. Because the- I don't want to get up and three. I don't want to be at an airport at five in the morning. Go just, no, no one does. It's exhausting. Dan, uh, go ahead. What, Morgan, how, how long did that long it took the dust to settle? Oh, yeah. Replace Let's ask Doll. The dust was flying because he was gesturing well, that wildly. Was her, that was her problem. She says, I don't care about the mistake, but look at the dust. <laughs> the dust. The dust is everywhere. <laughs> when is this dust going to settle? He's flailing away. Uh, anyway, I had thought to start the show with an inspirational message, but I got shit on by Dan so much that because it, it wasn't a Bible quote. Now that I'm, I'm even afraid now to bring it up again. I'm sorry. We're you know, not, what we we're, just talked about is good, get good information for people traveling. Just so you know, and you know, especially older people who are a little weirded I, out by. That is a great point, by the way. Yes, it is, isn't it? And it's a fantastic point, and just, it took 16 minutes. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm quite serious. I am too. Here's yeah. the thing. I had this conversation. I thought for sure I had that conversation with Dan. Dan's really like, uh, he's uh, hanging out at the house now, so I'm getting confused when I've spoken to him. Right. He doesn't like, by the way, because he's a big time film star, he's not always comfortable with a lot of eye contact. So when he's hanging out here, <laughs> I have to be careful. Right. Uh, I did have this conversation with somebody about travel. Mm-hmm. And again, it gets back to a demographic of people's comfort in doing what we've just described for yourselves. When I went to Europe a year ago, when you had to have your proof of vaccination, your proof of testing, you had to have a European transit locator, you had to have your Arrive Canada stuff. It was really quite a, a mission. The trip that Dan and I were just on, not together, but just this last European jaunt where you went to Italy, I went to France and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just basically back to the olden times of just show up with your passport and your boarding pass. Mm-hmm. But that that has been that has been the biggest difference like that. And I'm and the point I'm trying to make about the elderly, which now we are those people, is that a year ago, I, I remember saying that in line at Pearson to, you know, XGFR. I'm like, who did all of that for them? Because it was a mission for us. And we're pretty. And she especially was very uh, at ease with the process. Um, but that's a big uh, issue. And maybe, Dan, that's, maybe that's what the $35 calling on a travel agent is worth it for some people. They don't have to worry about it. They just add sure. money and they book the whole process. Well, I've thought that. I mean, I, when I've done it, it's sometimes because I, I hate it because I'm always sitting there. Is there a better deal? Is there a better way around this? Should I do a, another search and I just it chews up a lot of time? And I'm two hours later and go, well, I just, I just touch. No, I know. And that's, that's sort of the nature of the beast. Not only that, little quirky things. So these these flights are like 549 or whatever they were. But if you want to select a seat... They're like, it's like $90 a seat, whereby if I'd have taken the $800 flight. It includes your seat. Only yeah. like, no, no. Oh, no, okay. No, it was, you got to pay more. It was like, uh, like 40 bucks or something, you know? So all those. Yeah. They're, I didn't select seats. I'm, we're just going to go. We took the attitude. We're just going to go and whatever seats they give us, piss on it. I sleep anyway. Yeah. They don't, they, doesn't your purchase come with an assigned seat? Nope. Not so anymore, no. no really okay Mm-mm. but i said to doll because she's gonna mask up big time obviously and it's the type of plane where it's three and three and three or something so you're gonna be sitting beside somebody you don't know whether you like it or not so 
Oh, Howard, it does come with a seat, it, and it's randomly selected, and doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be sitting together. No, I see. Yeah, I, yeah. You, you, you're, you yeah. get a seat. It's not like you get there and go. Well, we're not. Wait, well, we <laughs> sort of ran out of seats. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever sat on a wing? Um. Now you well, know. I chan- <laughs> chances are what you can get when there's a middle set of seats. You can get like uh, like two aisles close to each other you know what i mean an aisle in between you or something yeah no i know i'm just looking over i'm just mesmerized by dan durand uh, finishing up the coffee wondering if he's going to be making some new coffee yeah makes me appreciate that um no i listen man i'm speaking of being masked up i i just i'll never i can't imagine going on an airplane now without putting a mask on and uh you know i i remember okay so when i came back from paris i wasn't feeling all that good so I masked up not only for myself, but for others. But even now, I mean, you know, I'm going on a flight on Saturday. I'm going to wear a mask the entire process in the airport, on the plane, you know, in the cab, getting me from uh, Mexico City to San Miguel. I'm going to just I'm just going to wear a mask. In fact, if we can just segue out of the travel part for a second, I've been reading this morning and maybe you guys have as well that. Some school systems are going to start putting them back in place, that some businesses are starting to think about it again. I I mean, part of it, I think, is the COVID. And part of it is just the reluctance for people to get sick, knowing that masking can mitigate even just the flu in the cold season. Yeah, well, they've put in a request. I think the hospitals or whoever to the who's ever leading the health department now about to take a long, hard look at it to recommend, especially in schools that some mask mandates come back for the fall, but that's Mm going to be very difficult. Have you guys uh, been in a grocery store lately? I have been the last couple of days because I got my new roommate there. I want to make sure he's got cereal. And uh, yesterday, he can't can't buy cereal. Well, no, he's going to when I when I leave here on Saturday, he's going to be on his own and then he's going to have to take care of his own needs. But, you know, he's going to come back and he's going to be dead from starvation. Well, when I I come back, we'll work on a roommate uh, grocery purchasing um, system. System. Anyway, I did not wear a mask the last couple of days of the grocery store, but I did notice some people again back to our age group. Yeah. Back in masks. Mm-hmm. More yeah. so than I have noticed in the last few months. I was at the Bramley City Center yesterday, and I did not put a mask on. But I needed good. I didn't want a mask. To, I need a good peripheral in case you know the uh, bullets. Were <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's I wanted right. to be aware. I just that's I didn't right. want anything sort of you know. <laughs> no, that's right because taking away my. Uh, <laughs> I want to be alert. Your peripheral vision got to be on yeah. high alert when you're there. I was ready. I, I, so I that had to be ready to dance, man. In case, in case something happens, you can matrix the shit out of it. Where you like, yes, that. yes, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. God forbid you had a mask on. Um. Anyway, well, I just uh, we should start the show. We got a good little show here today. Dan Duran is uh, going to get things started. Noel Kassler. Yes, we're going to talk about the U.S. election. Dan and I watched it a little bit last night, and. Uh, we can talk about your experience too, Freddie. How long you hung in? We, uh, I think we bailed at around nine o'clock, but we watched it for a good hour, hour plus. We uh, yeah, just, just soak it in, just soak, soak it in, in. The, uh, the mood. Get them, get in the mood. Yeah. We wanted to see what the vibe was. Our vibe was. We had a good vibe going. Dan and I were 
all yeah. medicated eating uh, sweet and salty popcorn. <laughs> watching John and the board, whatever, the big board. Or yeah, John King, eh? I just kept saying to Dan, this John King loves that fucking board. Like, he's so good at it. Yeah, I flip back and forth just a couple of times because it's funny. You put Fox on and it's like, oh, interesting. Now I'll now I want to see what normal people have to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seriously. Now I want to see, you know, a level headed, balanced view of this. I'll put CNN on these fucking assholes on Fox. But um, yeah, we didn't watch any Fox coverage because I don't have Fox TV. You're lucky. I'm going to dump it. Yeah, I dumped it a while ago. I have it on the uh, satellite uh, radio, but I don't have it on television. Uh and we, again, we weren't going to talk too much about this. No, well, yeah, we'll say, get to it. Yeah, go ahead. Just, no, just, you know, sometimes when you're afraid for mankind and you're expecting the worst, you know, people in the end tend to be pretty good. And that yeah. was sort of my takeaway last night. It's, you know, for the most part, they looked at the landscape and thought, no, no, no. Yeah, and we'll get to and that. And that really is ties yeah. in very nicely Yeah, to... Uh, to the why can't I play that song? By the way, it's still early. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, that's another thing I said a thousand times yesterday. Still early. It's still early. We don't know yet. We can't project yet. Yeah, but even if the if the uh, uh, the Republicans take control, the story within it's not nearly as bad as it could have been. Oh no, I mean that is the story, <laughs> and we're not going to talk about it. But when we do oh, okay. talk, but when we do talk about it. We'll talk about um, Yeah, it, that's basically the, the story is that, it, that mankind isn't so bad and that uh, there is hope. Let me make sure this works. Okay, that works. Um, okay, well, uh, let's get started. And Dan, are you uh, ready? Have you, uh, have you got permission from uh, Lord... Uh, yeah, thank goodness Lord we did that inspirational <laughs> quote of the day. I feel so well, good. you know, I was going to read it until you fucking gang-mocked me. Because, oh, every inspirational thing is stupid, and we shouldn't no, try and live each much, day. I, I did a quick search. I've got better, you know, a list of better ones than that. How do, why, like, why is it better? Why can't it just be, why can't that just be well, good and yours tucking, be good? It's like, you know, your life is a bunch of tickets, and, you know, how are you going to spend your ticket today? Is this oh, a, bulky. Of, very bulky, that. <laughs> okay, well, can you give me one that you, give me one from the Bible that you, that you feel is inspirational. <laughs> the Bible. I'm not going to, I'm not on the Bible. And the Lord not, said... Uh, what? No, no. So like, uh, give me uh, one that you think is inspirational. Let me give you some inspirational music. Hang All on right. a second. Here. And the Lord said, I'm still taking cash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. By the way, do they do interact at Bible times? Do they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, don't kid yourself. I bought a poppy yesterday, and it's funny, even that now. I went up to the people, and I said, listen, uh, I don't have cash. Like, can I... Can I get a couple of poppies, like, uh, you know, with my visa? And she says, over here, sir. And it was a little box. Nice. And it had like two, five, and $10. All you did is swipe your card and then took your poppy. <laughs> that's, that's so what, good. That, that's what the less fortunate need at, at, at uh, off-ramps and stuff. Yes. A gadget like that. The, what are they? I'm not, they're not called homeless anymore. They're called... Uh, People without homes? Home, home challenged or... <laughs> I don't know. Home, <laughs> home adverse... Home. <laughs> Men without homes. I don't know what they're called. Oh, there's women too. Men and women without homes. And I'm sure those people that are still searching are, you know, are confused. With their <laughs> confused. That's right. Non-binary. Doing it as well. Non-binary. Non-home. Home filled. 
Dan, what's your inspirational <laughs> quote today? Okay, randomly selected on a list of, of seven, and the first seven that came up here. All right. When you give joy to other people, you get more joy in return. You should give a thought, a good thought to happiness that you can give out. Okay, well, that's... Is that uh, all one, or was that two? Yeah, that was... Uh, was See, so yeah, and, and again... I don't like that's bulky. I don't like those bulky ones. Well, what's, you what, what do you mean? What's what? What's less bulky? I, mean, I like the ones that are really, like, short. And what? Carpe diem. Money, right? Is there anything better than carpe uh, diem? Seize the yeah, day. Seize the day. Something like that. Okay, so it has to be three words, or it's bulky. And I didn't... I'm sorry. I can't just come up with it like that. I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't know this was going to be a subject on the show this Well, morning. it wasn't going to. I was just uh, reading a little bit of Seth Godin's uh, mm-hmm. daily inspirational message, and it got... Dan took a giant Dan dump on it. I think mm-hmm. you should find another inspirational man out there. There's got to be a few of them that, that are... So you've, 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 you've now given me your opinion based on... You didn't even hear the whole quote. You know, I just, I just think you're on your Germanic nature. You're just uncomfortable with inspiration unless it comes from Jesus. And we're talking inspiration, too. So something like, you know, uh, religion is the root of all evil. That's not inspirational. It's something that must lift you up. Was this your point? I don't know yes. what my point is. Dan. Uh-huh. Um, you know what lifts me up every morning when this, when this gentle giant of a man turns his attention to the humble and Fred introduction and... Releases his <laughs> releases his tickets. Okay. All right, I'm spending my ticket. Are on you the Are you ready? Fred introduction. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Are we going to do it to the music or do? No, we no. I'm going to give you the real music. Here we go. Oh, okay, Let's right, start right, the show right. for God's sake. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto and in a Brampton basement studio. And it's brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four-cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. And now, here are two men that are now taking bets on the date of the first snowfall and whether they'll be in-country when it happens. It's the winter adverse, Humble and Fred. Yeah, I was thinking about that with somebody recently about how... I don't know when it happened. Maybe it was Lumbee and I. I talked to Lumbee about a year ago. Or when we came back from uh, Palm Springs, I remember talking to Jeff and saying, I don't know that uh, I want to do winter anymore. And uh, I'm really glad that you've uh, booked some time away as well, because, you know, one of the fascinating things about doing the show with you like this is that uh, it has really set us up to be able to do what we're going to do, <laughs> which is um, I'm going to Mexico on Saturday, but there will be no disruption of service because Monday I'll be doing the show. And for other than mentioning, Hey, this is great. I'm in this wonderful environment with our good friend, Bill Hertz. Uh, the bulk of the show will be exactly like it is now, you know, just you and me talking and yelling nonsense at Dan, who's now gone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that really has like the other day when you said you were turning 67, I thought, you know, I could never have imagined we'd still be doing this when you were 67. And I said that to somebody as well recently that I said, Freddie, for him to drive into the studio in the wintertime, I said that was not going to happen. 
So this has actually extended the life of the program is what I'm trying well, to say. Do you even understand what I just said? No, I know exactly what you're saying is it, one of the other aspects of this show, what's it, what it has created or enhanced is my fear of not having anything to do because I so enjoy doing this show. Oh, I see what you mean. It's, it's made you... Making my coffee, coming down here, looking through the stuff, talking to you guys. If I didn't have that to look forward to four, uh, four days a week, seriously. I, I, and it's my own fault. But boredom's a bit of an issue with me. And, you know, I, I, gotta have, I got lots to do and stuff. But what I'm saying is this type of <clears throat> recreation slash living slash income... Um, is just so enjoyable. Again, why would you ever want to stop? And the fact that we wouldn't do it, even money aside, is I don't like. I don't like the idea of that. Well, it comes up a lot with yeah. Uh, yeah. you know some of the guys I golf with. Mm-hmm. It comes up. It came up on the on the weekend. I we played with a guy that I was not part of our group who didn't really know us and then halfway through the round i guess he'd been talking to one of the other guys and found out that i was the humble and humble and proud and uh, invariably the question was asked how long do you guys think you'll get we're going to do this for and i answer it by saying uh the pandemic extended the life of the show by several years because of what mm-hmm. i just said that we didn't know we could do it like this we'd only ever we'd done the show together for 30 years sitting across yelling in the same room but I said on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was, I was just so comfortable now doing it like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That when you're in the Dominican and I'm here and then I'll be back in Mexico for a while, you're going to be in the Dominican. I'm going to be in Mexico. And, and yeah. other than referencing that, the bulk yeah. of the show will just be the same as it always is, which is, you know, meandering and uh, nonsensical. And my wife didn't want to go, go away for two months, so I'm going there, Dominican, coming back for two weeks, and then I'll probably go to Mexico. And the reason, you know, that might seem excessive to some, but I'm going to be 67. I don't know if I can go next year or the year after, so go for the gusto, you know? Hey, opportunities don't happen. You create them, Howard. Okay, well, I like that. Uh, I, the, you know, Short and sweet. All right. You know, the thing is, what I read to Dan, which I'm finally going to read to everyone, it really wasn't, it's not part of an, ins- it, I, I, I should have said to Dan, it's not like a, I, I know because he's very literal, it's not an inspirational message, it was just a thought, and the guy that wrote it is a guy that's an author, and he's a well-known uh, philosopher type of dude, and he, anyway, it doesn't matter who he is, most people, some people have heard of Seth Godin, he's written a bunch of books, um, but back to what you just said, I, I'm going to get to the inspirational quote in a minute. What you just said is exactly, I was talking to the Sherpa yesterday. He's going to be on the show with us today by, by phone because he's on the road. He's going to Florida now to the uh, Raymond James uh, Southern office. And I said that to him because of the travel that I've booked. I said, I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to be back for six weeks. I'm going back to Mexico. I'm going to be back for six days. And then I'm going to spend another month away, probably in Orlando in March, getting ready for, you know, the 2023 golf season. And I said the same thing you just said to me. I said, that seems like, I know it seems like a lot, but I'm going to be 63 in January. When am I supposed to do all that stuff? And it's not just about being winter averse, which I am. You know, like I know the fall has been great and everything, but I'm still wearing a probably more clothes than I would have 10 years ago. I mean, I'm cold all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. 
all by way of saying, you know, you'd only, you only have so many tickets to spend every day. I'm going to get to the, the quote. All he says uh-huh. is, while it's tempting to view our days like an amusement park with unlimited rides, it's not really true. In fact, each day we have a limited number of tickets to trade in. Limited time, limited opportunities, limited money, and other resources. And all he says is, how will you spend today's tickets? I found that interesting. I don't know if it's inspirational, but it it's kind of ties into what we just said. You're going to be 67. I'm going to be 63. How much longer do we have to be healthy and able to travel and, and can afford to do it? See, we all receive things differently. That just reminds me of Wonderland or something. As soon as he starts talking about that, I'm thinking, oh, well, you're very literal. You're, you know, you're <laughs> um, two more points, one about the show and then one about travel. One about the show, you told me your dad was one of those guys, and I had noticed this over the years, you know, when I was was maybe working in Peterborough and afterwards when we did the show later, if I went into a Tim Hortons or a coffee shop, there always seemed to be a table of retired guys shooting the shit. Yeah, that was my dad. Looking forward to that. Get up in the morning, go sit around a table and shoot the shit, and they needed that in their day to exercise their minds for the social aspect. My question to you, what are we doing here right now? That. And I honestly, and I'm being sincere, I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, I I would have a tough time living without this. Well, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I, well, first of all, I thank you for that because I appreciate that you're, you enjoy doing it with me as I do enjoy doing it with you. But I find it, you know, I'm around, even though you have a, you know, you have a social life there at the trailer mm-hmm. and you see a lot of people, but I'm around a lot of different guys a lot right. of the summer. And most of our peer group is either retiring or has retired. And it always comes up. I always say the same thing. I I can't wait to go back to work on Monday. And they're like at me kind of quizzically. And I go, because I have things that I need to share with him that I know he'll think is funny or I know it will get a rise out of him. So I I don't want to give that up. And it's not just the money because this isn't making us you know, humble and Fred money. It's making us, you know, not have to touch our savings money for the most part, mm-hmm. but yeah. it isn't, I'm not doing it for the money. Right. And then one other observation about travel and age, you're yes. going to San Miguel de Allende and I know where you're staying. Right. And then when I'm looking at accommodations, maybe for March in San Miguel, I know the city cause I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. It would be a city, I guess. Um, where you are, it's relatively flat. At the other end, it's very hilly. Yes. So when I'm looking at accommodations, <laughs> I have to keep in mind where these places are because walking up and down hills hurts my knees. I know. Especially, I get it. Especially downhill. Walking down significant or even, you know, inclines that are more than average. No, I know. It hurts my knees. No, I know. So I got to keep track of that. I got to keep track. Um, my, well, yeah, San Miguel is uh, we'll talk about it, obviously, in the next few weeks because you've been there. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it because from what I've heard from you and Darren and, of course, our <laughs> sweet, you know, mentor slash friend slash, you know, help of co-founder of the podcast. Bill Hertz is such a sweet guy. And, and I know he's going to show me around. I'm going to be golfing with him and his buddies. And like I. I I'm also looking at it because 
you know, I don't know that I want to retire to Arizona or Florida. I mean, if I'm going to spend, you know, in a few years from now, that just might be what I do in the winter, which is go there for a few months or something like it, because, you know, I don't, that's part of it. I just, I want, you know, when we're going to get to America, I have no interest in spending too much time down there. Well, I get it too. I mean, the dollar alone, but again, the mindset, I mean, some encouraging stuff from last night. And again, we'll talk with Noel about that. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, San Miguel is not sand and sun. It's like being in Europe. Yes. Uh, and it's in the, the, and I love that environment. It's like uh, the desert, but it's in the mountains. Uh, by the way, before uh, you do anything else, let me do this. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. All right, there's a little uh, update about Bodog. Uh, in the meantime, maybe, maybe you could update us on another uh, of our supporters. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. It's the Chambers plan, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance plan, the official name. Uh, to get more information, you go to chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote today if you have a small business and you've thought about a benefits package for your people. This is the way to go. We've been part of it for several years now. Works for us. I mean, Howard, more travel. Howard's, you know, heart incident a couple of years ago. Saved him a couple hundred grand at least, right? Oh, yeah. Easily. And it was all through the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, their travel uh, product. But there's prescriptions, there's dental, there's therapies, there's a uh, HR component, there's a mental health they stay ahead of the game. They, you know, they're very progressive, and uh, the premiums are kept under control. So many businesses, part of this, uh, 30,000 Canadian businesses, they can do that. So take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca and find out what it's all about. Lots of testimonials there, too. Actual names and companies uh, claiming how it's worked for them. I had a nice talk with uh, Jeremy Taggart of Our Lady Peace, formerly of Our Lady Peace, the other day. Nice. Where was that? At a golf uh, I just called him. Oh, did you? Yeah, we saw each other a couple months ago at a golf tournament, at a little charity thing that we were involved in. And I always... It's funny because I've been friendly with him. I wouldn't say we're friends, but I've known him for a long time. And we only ever see each other annually at this golf tournament that happens in September. And sure enough, for the last four or five years... Uh, even with, uh, I guess I accepted it for COVID, but we, anyway, we always say we should catch up and talk sometimes. So mm-hmm. we ended up having a nice conversation. He is, uh, he's quite a character, him and, uh, Jonathan Torrens are doing, they do a podcast and, uh, he's a, he's really funny. I, you know, it's funny. I really, I feel bad. I've never actually heard their podcast, but it's very popular Taggart and Torrens. And, uh, and now he's been a he's sort of a dad and plays drums and you know i i asked him like are you looking to get back into a band and you know what he said he said i'm not sure i want to play like maybe full-time but he wants to hire himself out to go on tour with like you know like one of the big bands that you know maybe they need a drummer for the summer or something and oh right yeah 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 
Yeah. yeah. He's a really interesting character. We should get him back on the show. I never even thought of it. It's funny. Funny. I talked to him the other day. I never even thought of saying, hey, do you want to come on the show? <laughs> I'll tell you who is coming on. I'll tell you who is coming on right now is our friend uh, Noel Kassler. And uh, I think we did really good. We did really, we did well. really well. Oh, oh. Noel, you got to turn your uh, fold uh, back off because I'm hearing me through you again. again. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, they're still there. Still there. Hang on a sec. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It should be good now, right? Um. Um. Nope. nope. Still hearing a little bit of echo. Echo. I am too. I'm sorry. I don't understand why. Uh, I don't know Uh, either. Don't know either. Maybe you should just use the uh, computer. uh, Computer. Instead yeah, of your mic, your mic, it might crap out. But here we go. Let's try it. Let's try it. Uh, okay. Well, the echo is gone. Let me see if I can hear you. He's diligently working away. Well, we've never had this problem with Noel. He's a big because he's a goddamn professional. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just go to just hit computer audio, like on the left hand side there. Select a microphone and just select uh, your your MacBook. Let me hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Excellent. Awesome. Sorry, uh, guys. Yeah, it's not the uh, same as your big ballsy microphone there, but you know, you just leave that. <laughs> just leave. Sounds great. Leave that to the right. professionals. Mm-hmm. Right on. Uh, by way of intro, I don't know if the uh, one of our guests needs very little introduction, but for years, he was uh, one of the producers on Donald Trump's. A uh, little uh, celebrity apprentice program, and uh, for the last couple of years, has been our chief correspondent from that uh, crazy country called America. Do you know? I don't. Do you guys know who this is that I'm playing? No. Yeah, the great Neil Diamond. Neil oh, Diamond. Oh, coming to America. Coming to America, ladies and gentlemen. Coming to you from America this morning. Please say hi. To Noel Kassler. There you go. I even hit the post on that. Hey, Noel Kassler. How's What's the. Up, guys? Happy what? to be back. You know, sometime <laughs> I have the best Neil Diamond stories, just so you know, when we ever get into some music stuff. Okay, let's start with one. Oh, well, I did the 4th of July with him in Boston. You know, the, they, we used to do a big 4th of July celebration with the Boston Pops and Neil Diamond played. And he was like the sweetest guy in the world. His crew was awesome. And the guy on his crew with the least amount of seniority had like 28 years. Like if you got that job, you didn't leave it, right? Wow. So yeah. this guy told me a story. They're on tour one time outside of Wisconsin and they had a day off. And they said, all right, the whole crew, everybody's going to meet in the lobby at 830 in the morning. We're going to do a special event, right? And it was a tour of the Harley Davidson factory. And everybody went except for two roadies that wanted to stay back at the hotel and smoke pot all day. At the end of the day, there was only two crew guys who didn't get a brand new Harley Davidson. Oh, wow. Wow. Can you imagine being those guys and your yeah. buddy comes back? Hey, bro, guess what you missed? Dang. Uh, and I, I, there's, they must have uh, given them their Harleys after. I, he probably, he like, probably made it did. Nice, but that's just an example of that guy literally is that sweet a dude. He just takes care of people. Isn't that wow. something? Great story. Um, yeah. 
you know, one of the days, and and it's it's funny because uh, when we first met you, it was sort of like, hey, this guy worked on The Apprentice. This will be kind of cool. And then it's morphed into, you know, you really have, and I, and I've seen this on your Twitter, and I've seen this in uh, some of your car rants and things. You really have turned into a a political commentator, which I don't know if that was your intent at the beginning, but it's certainly great for us to have access to you. But one of these appearances, and maybe we'll do it, we'll double up. We'll do one of your regular appearances. And then we'll rebook you quickly to just do nothing but show business. Because you know what? At some point, we're all sick of the Trump world. But right now, it's so important, I think, in the world. But at one of these appearances, can we just do a half an hour on uh, Noel's, you know, the productions you've worked on, the people you've worked with? I know it always comes up a little bit. Would you would you mind that? Is that too weird to ask? I would love it. I would love it. Okay. I would love it. Well, Freddie, let's get to... Uh, we've been very good, Noel. We've, we've spent basically 48 minutes not talking about the U.S. election, which for us is uh, is very big. So what are your thoughts? You What's know, your takeaway? Hey, I'm happy. All things considered, I'm happy. You know, And I'll tell you a story. I got invited to the White House three weeks ago. They invited, yeah, they inv- I got great pictures. I'll send them to Mike. They let us take pictures behind the podium and the press room and all this kind of stuff, right? But they brought down two dozen of sort of, you know, they called us political influencers, you know. And, and, and it's like you said, Howard, I was a comedian and I was just speaking my mind and it turned into this thing. I was on Joy Reid, you know, a month ago or three weeks ago as a pundit. So they invited us down and they said, here's the accomplishments of Biden's administration. We're not good at telling this story. Somehow people aren't getting that job numbers are up, that unemployment is up, you know, that there's work to do, but we're making progress, all of which you will lose if you elect the GOP. Right. Inflation, all these things. None of them had a plan. They were just running on fear and, you know, Biden's bad for the economy, which simply wasn't true. So we spent a whole day in meetings like they gave us briefings with all the White House aides, you know, top political aides and said, go out there and and, and say your piece. And since then, I've been in sort of like an online war room every day and we've all been coordinating, you know, not surreptitiously. You know, we've been right up there on Twitter. Like, here's the deal. Here's these talking points and, and doing hashtags and all this kind of stuff. And it was exhausting, but it worked because the young people showed up. Mm -hmm. And we always knew if young people showed up and voted, it wouldn't be the bloodbath that the mainstream media and the GOP was predicting. And the GOP had been paying for their own polls. They'd been trying to tip the scales as they do. And that narrative had caught fire until recently. And I do believe that the White House's ability to sort of adapt, you know, and, and let influencers and Twitter people come down and try to get involved in the process was a brilliant move. And I'm not saying we changed the scales, but I got an inside look at the process of political messaging, which is so key to anything these days, you know? So, yeah, I mean, mean, look, Dr. Oz lost, you know, like (laughs) I can live with myself. I didn't have a contingency plan for Dr. Oz in the U S Senate. On that point, you talk about influencers. As crazy as it sounds, Oprah might be responsible for that. There's an influencer, and she endorsed, like she created Doctor Oz, and then endorsed Fetterman. Yeah. You know, with a week to go or a few days to go, there's an exa- example of an influencer beyond you know the regular pundits in the political arena. 
And I'm not surprised, by the way, Noel. I mean, it, it's. I, I want to talk a little bit before we get to the results about what the experience of the White House was, but it doesn't yeah, surprise... that's a show in itself. Well, no, it's, exactly. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that you were called in. It doesn't surprise me that they've reached out to social media influencers. And I did notice, because I follow you, and I, see, I read your stuff every day, and I did notice a few weeks ago that you became more overt about hashtag vote blue, et cetera, et cetera. And whether it influenced it enough but it's certainly something happened in the last month because even on the fox website this morning even the those misguided sad people are all saying not the red wave not was expected they're quoting lindsey graham to their credit they're actually admitting that it wasn't the tsunami of bullshit Mm -hmm. that we all thought it was just back to your white house visit did you know when you were called like what is that what is that is it an email is it an official letter is there a guy that shows up with a fucking blank i mean a a little pillow with your invitation it was it was insane like my buddies have this midas touch thing you know they're a big kind of political influencers and they reached out to me and they said hey the white house reached out to us they wanted to get in touch with you do you mind if we give them your email (laughs) i was like Hell no. You know, so I got a call from a young lady who heads up the digital rapid response team. And she just spoke with me for a while. And I said, look, we're already on the same page. If you want to loop me in on some talking points you want to get out there, feel free. So she put me on an email list. And then I got an email later that night. Hey, we're having a little event at the White House on Friday. Can you make it? You know, so, you know, I'm out there buying a new suit. I'm like, hell yeah. Can I make it? You know, and it. For me, somebody who who kind of grew up outside of D.C., I moved to New York State when I was 14. But, you know, I'm from that area. I'm a former bike messenger on Capitol Hill. I'm a comedian. You know, like I'm not the kind of guy who would normally get invited to the White House. So it was a bit like, a, you know, a homecoming. And I stayed at the Metropolitan Club, which is right across Lafayette. Like I did the whole deal, you know, ordered mm-hmm. eggs, Benedict. <laughs> you know, but, but, and they, but and tell they, me. they gave us a party like we but, had. Well, just quickly, though, was there what kind of security, what kind of background did somebody have? Did somebody from the CIA or the FBI call you? How does that work? Oh, well, you know, the Secret Service, you give them your social security number in the town you were born in, and they know everything from soup to nuts. They know when you got your first hand job based on that (laughs) information. You know what I mean? Was the big man there? What's that? Was Biden there? He was. I didn't see Biden. I got to mm-hmm. hang out with. I shouldn't be saying any of this. I got to hang out with Ron Klain, his chief chief of staff, and Douglas Emhoff had a happy hour for us on his deck, which like over, you know, it's the old executive office building is next to the White House, and that's where the offices are, you know, for all the people. So we had like this, you know, cocktail hour at the end of the mm. day, and Vice President Kamala Harris came out the thing, and the White House wow. is right there. Like it was. It was like being on the West Wing. And the funnest part was at the beginning of the day, they were like, you guys get a tour, take selfies, do whatever you want. So we're just walking around the White House. I'm taking selfies with the Obama portraits. And like, Mm. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to let us do this? But, you know, it worked. And and to their credit, they wanted to. I'm not really young, but a lot of these people were young. There was 21 year olds there on this group in this group. And we get it because we talked about this, you know, in the last week and even this week. You know, the messaging, uh, it had to get through because inflation isn't Joe Biden's fault. It's a world problem. So you need young people, rational people, aware people to be able to accept that. Like, no, this is 
this is all over the world. It's just not him. In this economy we have right now, in some aspects, it's Trump, because policy usually takes a year, a year and a half to sort of set in. And, you know, in his mismanagement of like of COVID, a lot of what the United States is going through is Trump's fault. It's not Biden's fault. And rational people and people like you to point that out is vital. And you don't know. No, you know, and the hashtags work for that kind of. Stuff. Yes. And I was going to say the what's, what's interesting is the you mentioned the mainstream media, which, you know, isn't always mm-hmm. accurate either and has its own agenda. But one of the things and I quoted this with Freddie a couple of days ago or whatever that. One of the reasons they were predicting a red wave is just where inflation in a poll showed up. 51% of voters said that was the number one issue. The number two issue was abortion at 15%. The number three issue was election uh, security at 9%. So you look at those numbers and think, wow, the overwhelming issue for people is the economy. But it turns out when it came time to make that decision, they were like, hmm. I don't know if I want all these fucking psychos in charge of all of this stuff. Exactly. And inflation is a huge issue. It's a global problem, mm-hmm. as you pointed out. You know, we're like number 10 in the world. You know, UK yeah. would trade places with us in a heartbeat. Our dollar is at least still strong. You know, mm-hmm. Netherlands has higher inflation. You know, the world was shut down for a year and a half. Like, that's going to make prices rise. There's no supply and demand that nobody was making anything for a year. But on that point... Biden reduced the deficit by half in two years. By half, he cut it, you know. Inflation Reduction Act, he got passed. Every single Republican vote against, voted against it, right? So he literally has a bill called the Inflation Reduction Act to deal with inflation, and all the Republicans voted against it, yet they tried to run on inflation. So I think once we were able to change the narrative and put some facts out there, it caught on, because the young people are pissed off. It's their world that they're inheriting, you know? Yeah, and, you know, the older, you know, in the South and, uh, you know, the evangelicals and everything, they don't want to hear about that. That's, that takes too, mu- uh, too much time to look at, you know, uh, his monetary uh, policy. It's just much easier to go build that wall to keep those people out. Yeah. Right. hundred yeah. percent. And, you know, that's what I did. Like what I took mm-hmm. away from the White House, I went on like a tour. So I got in my car and I drove through all these kind of southern mid-Atlantic states. I drove through Pennsylvania for four days. I drove mm-hmm. through wow. like, you know, Virginia. And I started making videos in these working class areas, basically saying, like, you guys are getting conned. <laughs> you know, oh, you're yeah. sitting there in a new pickup truck. You got a new construction project in town. That's the result of the American Rescue Plan. That's the result of pumping money into your local economy, which the Democrats are doing. Well, you yeah. know, it's so I mean, not to get too deep into the, the whatever the, the inside baseball, but the irony of those states, they got per, they got pr- um, projects from the uh, recovery. Act, whatever that was called, and yet their Republican candidates voted against it and yet are taking the weird thing is in those states, Virginia, Alabama, all the the southern states, they're taking credit for the fact that those those projects were created at the same time. They criticized them and didn't support them. A hundred percent. You know, in my home state, New York, which is kind of flipped red, we're among that bad news thing from last night. But, you know, at least Stefanik, who's Albany and the Northwoods, you know, Albany North up to you guys, basically. And uh, 
She took credit for $12 million that Biden sent to rural hospitals and investment mm-hmm. in rural. But she was like, here, I brought $12 million to your district. And they were counting on their constituents to be sort of too stupid and too ginned up on the hate and the rhetoric mm-hmm. and the immigrants are coming to pay attention. And I think once you start to point it out, they do pay attention. Some places like Florida, you know, I knew we weren't going to win Florida. I went down there three weeks ago, too, and that's a whole nother episode. I mean, well, and, really and, spe- and speaking of Florida, what happened there with DeSantis? Just He's got it locked down. He <laughs> drew the gerrymandering redistricting map himself to favor Republicans, and it worked. When you cut out minorities from voting, mm-hmm. it's crackers that are voting. I know I shouldn't say that word, but that's what Florida is. Like when you think of the South and Alabama and those kind of people, they all float down to Florida. Florida is dudes in pickup trucks that are racist as hell driving around. And then it's rich people that are benefiting from the tax cuts. And it's hardcore Cubans, you know, that, that fled you know, Castro, that were kind of the asshole Cubans to begin with. I'm sorry to curse, but they were mm-hmm. like the Republic, the Cubans that were ripping off all the other Cubans. You know, that's yeah. how you had the revolution, you know? Yeah, so, it, it, it's funny you say that because I was in Florida last year and I saw so many of the big uh, wheeled pickup trucks, right. with the, you know, uh, fuck Biden signs in the exactly. back, flags and the souped up engines. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was in Louisiana and I saw none of right. that. Right. None of that. It's just the contrast and attitudes and, you know, one's a blue state, one's a red state. But this uh, performance by DeSantis yesterday, this this is going to go a long way in uh, snuffing Trump, is it not? Yeah. You know, DeSantis could basically take credit for sending the new seats to Congress, which they'll get. You know, the Mm -hmm. Republicans are going to pick up some seats. It's not the red wave. But Mm -hmm. DeSantis could take credit for that. He could say, I redrew the map. I'm the one who saw ahead politically what we needed. And I made it happen where Donald Trump was talking about himself and his various investigations. Trump is essentially, you know. Could you do this, uh, Noah? And again, I'm not sure I fully understand it. You know, we throw around this idea of gerrymandering and redrawing political uh, territory for Republican gain. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could. Can you explain the idea of gerrymandering in 30 seconds or should I just should I just Google yeah. it? You have con- congressional districts, right? And that's who sends a represent representative to Washington and they're based on population. So say within that district, if you have a city, that city is more than likely going to have minorities and people that are going to vote Democratic. It always has more educated people and just the kind of people that mm-hmm. care more about Democratic policies. So if you if you draw the map and then redraw it and cut that city out of a Republican's district and just make it some big weird thing all over the map, it's only going to be filled with white people who vote conservative. So if you're strategic about a whole map, you can basically make sure a Republican never has a competitive race. That's Jim Jordan. He hasn't had a real race in 16 years. In a mm-hmm. But, but right? what, I'm, what I'm confused about, and I, knew, I sort of understood that theoretically, what confuses me, though, is so you redraw the map. Is that the gerrymandering part? Yes. So yes. you redraw the map, but that city still gets to vote for somebody. How, do, how does yes, that it does it does but it weakens it right because the, the concentration of democrats in that map when you redraw it becomes diluted okay well yeah, i mean it is complicated it's redistricting I, I, and gerrymandering you know it's it's a lot but i know canadians have probably heard that expression like myself and i'm not 100 percent sure what it is uh a couple of highlights from last night like and i'm looking at it now like i i don't know there still were maybe there wasn't 
So it's a win basically for the Democrats because it wasn't an avalanche of Republican. Like they didn't sweep the country. Donald Trump was sad. Apparently at Mar-a-Lago, he spent the night just being sort of tight lipped and not getting up and talking, which is great. But one of his uh, she women uh, became fucking governor of Arkansas. Like, honest to God, mm-hmm. Sarah Huckabee Sanders to me looks like a parody of a human mm-hmm. being. And I'm yes. not talking, I'm, I'm, again, I'm the last person who can talk about somebody's looks. But just the way she looks, and I said to our buddy, our buddy Dan last night, we were watching, I'm like, you know, I don't say what you want about tonight, but they still elected her. They yeah. still elected um, a bunch of those. Marjorie Taylor Marjorie Green. Taylor Green. Although yeah. uh, Bozo, Bobert, she didn't get, she may not get her seat back. Mm-hmm. And now she's going to have to go back and get her grade 12. But, exactly. Uh, and give, then, you know, exactly. Or and, and the thing is, I hate this woman, Carrie Lake, but I find her somewhat attractive. And so, I mean, that's terrible to say it, but I know, I know you hate her too. But I said that to Dan last night. I said, she's very fetching. She, uh, she was a yeah. bit of a dolly, you know. Well, and last, last night, you know, it didn't come out of the gates the way she wanted it to. So she started questioning mm. the validity of right. the election like that quickly. Oh, yeah. By the way, she questioned it um, in an area, Maricopa County, which is actually mm-hmm. run by Republicans. I know. Exactly. So how did she net out? Noel, do you have the latest? I don't know if she was elected or not. The last I looked, mm-hmm. it was still a close race there. I, I think it's still close. I think she's still behind. I don't think she's going to win, you know, thankfully. And she terrifies me. To your point, she yes. is attractive and she speaks well. Yeah. And, you know, she's like I said yesterday on Twitter, like if Mussolini had a Mary Kate. <laughs> That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Which is dangerous because she's completely anti-Semitic. She's completely racist. She's completely without any moral compunction. She voted for Obama, right? She's just mm-hmm. here to scam her way into the thing. And it's like, you know, in Italy. Right. You saw the same thing. This attractive blonde woman who is like a fascist, you know, 100 percent fascist runs on anti-Semitism, which drives me nuts, gets the the vote. And somebody like Carrie Lake in this country could do real damage. And we haven't seen the last of her. No, that's true. For her and Ron DeSantis will be a formidable duo. And that's obviously what the next GOP ticket's going to be. It's going to be so. I do. I you do. think I, he would he would go that way? I just think he'd be a little more moderate with a vice president, but I could be wrong. I, I, I well, you could be right. I'm not. You know, mm-hmm. it's all like mm-hmm. who knows what. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is somebody like Carrie Lake will appeal to sort of the soccer mom, suburban and ex-urban white American women who put Trump in office. Yeah. Right? Those and, right. And, and, and she throws. Clinton, she's very you know? comfortable with the Jesus. Very right. much a loves few days the Jesus. Ago, Carrie Lake's. You know, she's chastising the media, saying, I'm going to bring journalism back. What? Right. Exactly. This person that just continuously spreads lies and misinformation is going to bring journalism back. It's almost too much to take in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the hypocrisy and the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And my buddy Rex Chapman was an NBA basketball player. He played with Jordan and stuff. Mm-hmm. He had a big career and he played at the Phoenix Suns. And he said back then, you know, Carrie Lake was a weather girl on TV mm-hmm. and she used to go from bar to bar wherever the athletes would be in town. If you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. She was like a groupie, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she's you uh, want a good if, up there in the bathroom. If you want a good time, Carrie and her number. No, and and then but now she's full on Jesus. Everything is a Bible yeah. quote, and everything right. is the. But but she is, she is. You're right. She's somebody to watch because she's very well spoken. She's got good TV uh, ability. She's very attractive, yeah. and but, uh, but, he, but she's a bit scary. 
But I guess even if she lost, she could still be the nominee for vice president, right? You don't have yeah, to of course. hold any office or anything. It's not like here. Like, no, yeah. that, that, you know, that's the thing is nobody really loses anymore in the Republican mm-hmm. ecosphere, right? You know, Kyle yeah. Rittenhouse has a podcast. He's got 10,000, you know, whatever, 100 million. Fo- Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there, there's so much content needed to keep ginning up the base that these people can parlay it into, you know, mm-hmm. careers. You know, the uh, there's so many famous quotes about politics. You know, the you get the government. What is that one? You get the government you deserve or never underestimate. uh, Barnum said never underestimate the stupidity of the American public. But in this particular case, and we started the show, Fred said it, and I agree with it, that I think in a way last night, hope for humanity or hope Mm -hmm. that people will when given the chance, do the more decent thing, especially given the background of the last mm-hmm. few weeks of anti-Semitism, which, you know, we could talk a whole show about, Noel, the idea that, you know, everything everything started with Kanye and those people in Jackson putting up those signs, you know, Kanye was right about the Jews. You'd never see that about any other minority. If that sign said Kanye was right about the Muslims, they would have fucking blown that shit up. Right. Um, I know. It becomes acceptable. You it's know? become and, uh, way too you know, acceptable. Night, Jewish families couldn't go to celebrate Shabbat, right? They couldn't go to synagogue because the FBI said there's too many threats. We can't keep up with it. We recommend you stay home. In New Jersey, you know what I mean? Like, I spent my college years living in New Jersey with a Jewish family. Like, I, you know, like, I, I'm not Jewish, but I almost consider myself, you know, I'm like I have You're great Jew-ish. love. For, <laughs> I'm, I'm like Jewish adjacent, is how I say. It. <laughs> you know, right. my partner's Jewish. I've only dated Jewish girls my whole life. I grew up in mm-hmm. Europe, but like, you know, to separate out and demonize a people and to see it catch fire, to see it oh, repeated yeah. in the media, is terrifying. And like mm-hmm. you said, Howard, last night was a glimmer of hope. Right. We're not out of the woods yet, but you see light at the end of the tunnel. You see that America is able to pull itself back from the brink when facing a national abortion ban, when facing purely con man, Dr. Oz type, you know, trumpet candidates, you know, when democracy is on the ballot. Right. You know, like, you know, the whole the whole Trump thing, too, when you think about it, what aggravates me more than anything is Obama hands him a great economy. And yeah, and he took that economy and it rose a bit, but as it probably would under anybody. But since then, loses the House, loses the Senate, loses the presidency. Last night, a lot of his whack jobs lost. The guy's a big effing loser. And yeah. and here we are uh, this morning on uh, on Fox, and Howard referred to it. Now they're taking shots at him. And you know the letters and the comments that are people that are uh, people are uh, offering. It's it's all like, yeah, we got to move on from this guy. He's killing us. Everybody now, DeSantis is the darling. Yeah. Connected to that, what happened last night and and how Trump comes through this looking like the big loser, I think the chances of indictment now are greater because they won't be in a position like, oh, yeah, clear cut, he's going to be the nominee. So we can't, you know, we can't indict a guy that's going to be maybe the president again. Mm -hmm. I think this with DeSantis may expediate the. uh, the Well well said, Mm -hmm. Fred. I mean, if I was Merrick Garland, I would bring the hammer down right now. Yep. Right. Just boom, boom, boom. Like flood the headlines with all these indictments because, you know, they got it. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they have him dead to rights, basically. 
that's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't totally agree. I mean, I, it is well said, but I don't think it's, I don't think they're that, I don't think those dots connect, to be honest with you. Right. I don't think Merrick Garland cares, however, the, the election netted out last oh. night, whether or they were going to indict. I, I would tell you, there's about two minutes and 20 seconds of Rachel Maddow. I was going to play it the other day where she just lists all the indictments around Trump. It's really quite overwhelming. There's literally nine mm-hmm. of the people closest to Trump that are either been subpoenaed or, or are about to be indicted. Again, I'm not saying you're completely wrong, Fred, but I don't think that I, I, I'll tell you what I do think. I think that the luster of the Trump endorsed GOP is going to take a big hit now. And I think what this is going to do is give them a chance to separate themselves from him because of what you said at the beginning which is a lot of his endorsed candidates didn't do well or and and or didn't do as well as expected a lot of them lost dr oz being the high profile one so i think what it will do is take some of the momentum around him announcing which he's going to do because he's a fucking maniac Well, they didn't indict him before the midterms for obvious reasons. They don't want to appear to be political. And now he's talking about November 15th announcing. And once he announces, it makes things sticky. So I just have a big feeling between now and November 15th, based on what la- what happened last night, that it may come down in the next yeah, it, might, it might make them more yeah. emboldened, but from a legal standpoint, they were or weren't going to indict him on a number of different mm-hmm. things, federal, local, state. I mean, it's it. Anyway, mm-hmm. if you just take two minutes of your life and just Google Rachel Maddow Trump and she just goes through all the different mm-hmm. things. It really is something. And then, you know, again, back to, you know, how gullible Americans can be. And no offense, we can be, too. It really is, you know, sad. I'll finish by saying that the people that are most affected, the poor people, as you say, driving through Alabama and the rural parts of your country, the people that are most affected by Republican policy are the ones that support the Republicans and they're getting fucked over, but they don't even know it. And that's the saddest thing. That, Howard, is what drives me more than anything else. You know, how my thing is sort of morphed from comedian and behind the scenes guy into whatever political pundit. It's because I actually have a lot of feelings for these people. You know, these are my countrymen. These are people that Mm -hmm. sort of always got the shaft, right? They get the worst food. They get the worst schools. They get the worst health care. And they get thrown these these red meat kind of chunks of here's a flag, here's a gun, mm-hmm. here's somebody to hate. And it's mm-hmm. like, we're not getting the best of those people. You know what I mean? We're not educating them and cultivating them and, and bringing them into sort of the modern world. We're keeping them in these sort of rural ghettos of ignorance, right? Yeah. And the people that are ripping them off, your Rupert Murdoch's, your Koch brothers, they're poisoning them, right? They're running oil companies and fracking in their backyard. You know, th- these guys are getting the shaft and all they're getting out of it is showing up at a rally and looking at a 76 year old in a diaper who's high <laughs> on Adderall and telling them that Nancy Pelosi is their problem. Give them someone to blame. It's very right. simple. Yep. It's very yeah, base. I, I, give I, them some, I, someone to blame, then they won't blame us. I yeah, said to right. Freddie the other day that uh, I was watching one of those guys that do the good liars. They're really funny or Jordan Klepper, whatever, talking to those people at the rally. And not only do I feel sorry for them, because I've said this, what you just said, I've said it a bunch of times <clears throat> that uh, it's just sad. I feel bad for them because it's not their fault. They're dumb. But, here's, but there they are. And I said to Freddie, look, they're all wearing MAGA shirts and hats and streamers and little flags. 
all they're doing and they paid money for that shit they didn't that wasn't the giveaway mm-hmm. right. that's mm-hmm. the grift that's the big con that's the big lie that they're being sold all this shit not for their own good they're they're being built out of their whatever little meager money they have a hundred percent you know and, and the people that are doing it to them know it they have contempt for them in reality i remember and i'll shut up now but i remember right after obama won in 2010 i was on the road with jackson brown and i was touring like a lot of red states and and the american sort of middle midwest and these security guards backstage would be like yeah man obamacare screw that bro and i'm like you're making eight bucks an hour standing outside of a door with three teeth, bro. You look like Obamacare is going to benefit. You know? <laughs> That's you're right. not getting Blue Cross, Blue, you know, yeah, you're mm-hmm. not blue Shield to sit on a chair and look at my pass every time I come in from the bus. You know, why are you so against something that's going to help? You? They don't even you know? know why they're against it. You they know? don't know. They just know they're told to be against it by a guy with a Chiron and a flag and he's being snarky, you know, and he's white. So what we've been through the last two, three, four years, it is amazing when you think back that Obama was actually elected. It just like it's amazing. I know you said that the other day, didn't you, Howard? It's like, how did Obama get if this is what the country is? How was he ever elected? And then obviously his black vote came out and pushed him over the top. I mean, really, that's all the country needs to continue to happen to keep some degree of decency. Yeah. And there was a bit of it last night, I guess. Yeah, that's who showed mm-hmm. up, right? If, if 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 they showed up in Philly, we were going to send Doctor, you know, Fetterman to the. Right. You know, that's what happened. You know, you can't count that vote out. By the way, that's also what put Biden in office. Mm-hmm. You know, and that constituency didn't get the proper respect they should have in the last couple of years. We should have done more for voter protections, right? Mm-hmm. Yesterday would have been better had we put some safety measures in place to not let the Republicans gerrymander and do all the stuff they do because they don't want a level play field they're a minority they're a third of the population at best and it's dwindling and they know it too well years from now it's all gonna be uh well and and that's why they're putting those protections in listen we live in a city toronto you've been here 53 percent or more now but 53 percent of our population is non-white welcome to the real world because that's what's going to happen to your country it's happened to our country and for the better you know it's like there's a it, it changes the nature of your society, but only for the better. You get smarter people. You get people who are more involved. And that's what they did last night. They sort of sent a message that, you know, it all is not lost. And that's how I felt this morning, that all is not lost. And maybe, you know, I don't know that Biden's the right choice, but at least now it shows that there's a, some appetite in your country for some semblance of decency. But uh, Howard, even, you know, I saw a few polls, even Fox showed this in CNN last night, national polls on approval ratings for Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Biden's ahead of him. Yeah. Like, what kind of a starting block is that for uh, for uh, Trump to come back? I I just don't get it. You know, it's going to be a great indication of how he puts himself before the country if he actually goes through with this now, which he's going to do. He has no choice. He has to stay out of jail. It's his only play left. You know, he, he hated yeah. being president. Right. He didn't show up mm-hmm. till noon every day in the Oval Office. So he yeah. had no actual interest in that job. But he wants to stay out of jail. He wants to grift. You know, you know I, we I haven't we, we haven't mentioned Herschel either. It looks like he could lose that. To me, that would be great if, you know, Fetterman won and her and Herschel lost would be great. You know, it's funny you, you know, say that because as we went to Dan, my, our you know our friend Dan and, and very good friend, you may have seen him on the show, staying on my house. 
while he's in town doing some work. It's not a big movie tomorrow. Can't talk about it. Anyway, we went to bed last night and I said to him, if they fucking elect Herschel Walker, then they should just shut the whole place down. Because here's the thing. The fact that it was even close is not mm-hmm. that does not no. say the like that's a guy that can't put four fucking words together that almost got to the U.S. Senate. Yeah, no shit. He was on Celebrity Apprentice. I know Herschel Walker. He was a contestant on Celebrity Apprentice and he got fired because his team was in charge of baking uh, muffins, cupcakes. <laughs> And, and they didn't put any sugar in the cupcakes, right? Oh, so after oh, they no. came out of the oven, they didn't mm. taste good. And Herschel said, let's put maple syrup on top mm. of them, and nobody will notice. Mm-hmm. So they slathered maple syrup. That's and funny. Uh, you know, I, I said to Howard earlier in the week the irony of it. The same people attacking Fetterman for his predicament. Right endorse Herschel Walker. And I said to Howard, at least Fetterman can recover from what he's <laughs> That's got. right. And, and you know what? I right? mean, Fetterman looks like he was like genetically like, he looks like Pennsylvania. He looks like his, one of yeah. his parents was a football helmet or something. You know what I mean? He, just, he is Pennsylvania. And think of the bravery it took to show up on that debate stage knowing yes. he was going to talk like that. You know, knowing he was going to be ridiculed and doing it anyway because he thought the people deserved a debate. That's a real leader. That's a fucking man right there. Sorry to curse. Oh, you don't worry about it. First of all, we don't call it cursing here in Canada. Uh, You can swear all you want in the show, Noel. You have you have carte blanche, which is some French. Uh, Noel Castler at Noel. I I don't have it up again. I always fuck it up. What is your uh, at Noel Castler comedy? Yeah, just look up Noel on Twitter. Yeah, Noel Castle County Twitter's another. Yeah, episode, I was. Right? I, I know. <laughs> I, I had some Twitter stuff, but I don't think we're going to have time. It, uh, it won't be here next time I'm on. Anyway, there yeah, won't be yeah. Twitter. What so, is going yeah. on? Like, how did that happen? That in the space of seven days, Kathy Griffin gets suspended because, which I thought was funny, because she was pretending yeah. to be Elon Musk, and now what it's done. Is that everyone on Twitter is pretending to be Elon Musk, which makes me laugh. Oh, and that's it, hilarious. It just that's go. It funny. is. It's really funny. You should just go check it out because of the number of people who have changed their names to Elon Musk is just fucking hysterical to me. But what's your take quickly on what's going on? Why do you think that's? Give us an example too, because you have a lot of Twitter followers. What has yeah. happened since he's taken over? He labeled my stuff immediately. Like he took over on that Friday. Instantly, they put a warning if I share my pod link it says if you like this you might be liking a malicious website you might be sharing a website so he went after people you know kathy's a very good friend of mine kathy's the reason i have a big twitter following she was the one who retweeted all my trump stuff in the beginning we've been friends for 20 years like he 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 was part of this whole plan for sort of global autocracy. You know, when I mentioned mm-hmm. the billionaires, the Koch brothers, the guys who want to control the narrative and the messaging, they saw that progressive ideas were getting out there and catching fire again, and they wanted to shut it down because snark is their commodity, mm-hmm. right? Like we discussed mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. you know, they want to turn people off from empathy, from compassion for the other, and sort of keep them in this bubble of just being a douche to somebody else, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the currency of the right. And what better guy to do that than Elon? 
I'll shut up. But he also <clears throat> didn't intend to buy Twitter, right? It was just a tweet. He was joking around. He tried to get out of it. He couldn't get out of it. And now he's got this $44 billion, you know, hole in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just. Well, and, and you could tell that he hadn't had a plan because he fired a bunch of people, including a bunch of people here in Canada. And now he's got a, he's like, he fucking got rid of like 3,500 employees. And then he's sort of like, wait, wait a second. We might need some of these people. <laughs> and now he's like trying to hire them back. But I love the fact that, uh, it, it, that just so many people started this Elon Musk parody account because yeah. he's basically said you have to tell people that you're doing a parody. So now it's nothing but massive Elon Musk mocking. But tell me quickly about this other. Is it Mastodon or some other social media thing people are going to? They're going to Mastodon. I tried to set up an account. It was way too complicated for me. Like it came with a learning curve and I'm just like, I'm done. I started a Substack and I can write Substack articles and publish them myself and it's free and people can pay me if they want to. And I'm loving that. It's like having my own magazine that I get to put out. Mastodon... To, to be an actual rival of Twitter would take years. You know, I know they're trying to get people to move there, but like, you know, I'm 51. I don't have another big social media account. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're Listen, such man. an old man. You're so but old. But I'm just saying, hey, you, know you know what, what I mean? Like, you know I've what? been on this ride. I don't know how much longer I need. No, you're right. You know what Fred and I call 51-year-olds? Kid. Yeah. <laughs> Kid. Uh, yeah. There's Noel Kassler, one of mm. our favorite guests. And I, I tell you what, we're going to be talking to our producer, Toronto Mike, tomorrow. And uh, you're sort of scheduled for your next appearance in December. But if I talk, if we got you back in the next week or two, no politics, just all entertainment. Uh, would you mind if we pimped you for some uh, behind the scenes stuff? We'd love, I love that, it, man. I got so many stories and I love to share them because it's like what yeah. I collected. on the Exactly. Road, you know? and, and maybe what we could do, and, I, and we'll, we'll talk to Mike about this. You just give us, say, your top, just not your top five, but just say here, have the guys ask me about these five McCartney working with uh, mm-hmm. Jackson Brown going, you know, doing some uh, inauguration stuff. I know you've worked on. So would that be cool? You could do that for us. Dude, I would love it. I'll tell you my John Lennon stories and working with Klaus Bormann in Germany. And he gave me a hand-drawn po- picture that he made. You know, he's the guy who drove, you know, drew the revolver, mm-hmm. you know, and played. Well, there the you go. Stuff. You see, this is what we want to do. Uh, we'll have Fantastic. Noel. We're going to have yeah. Noel back uh, in, a, in a short uh, time. Thank you, my friend. All the best. Stay strong, America. Stay strong. See you all. Take it easy. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Every time he's on... Like, all of a sudden, we got a story about going to the White House. Are you kidding me? That's why people come here. You never know what's going to happen. Very interesting young fellow. And, you know, just a, an example of, you know, his... Well, you can tell he's a compassionate guy. He's a smart guy. He's a connected guy. And um, he's the type of people that... Uh, prevented last night from being a disaster. No, it's true. Yeah, it really is. Although Elon Musk, Elon Musk, every uh, perspective—you have to have a perspective on everything. He he blows forty-four billion on Twitter. Like Noel's saying, like that. And when he says it, you have to think about it. <laughs> Next time, I maybe on Twitter may not exist. I know that sounds a little dramatic, but forty-four billion dollars. And and not really want it. Well, he tried to and walk it back. Yeah, he tried to get out of it, and then getting into it, and and now it's it's become a bit of a shit show. And well, well, I'll tell you what. It's I don't really. I didn't. 
<laughs> I didn't have much of a take on the guy. You know, mm-hmm. Tesla aside, I mean, I, I we've been mm-hmm. raving about the Tesla experience, and and that's great. I had no real sense of the man, Elon Musk, until recently. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a bit of a dweeb. Is what he is. I mean, you go look at some of his stuff and yeah, I'm sure he's brilliant because he's created this empire, but Mm -hmm. what social media does is it exposes people. It reveals who they really are. But again, 44 billion. And I feel bad about landing in Hamilton. Like, you know, (laughs) you've got, you got to keep your perspective. You don't even, you don't, you don't even want to select a seat because it might cost you an extra 40 bucks. Hey, Freddie, did you know Kelsey's has been winging it since 1978? That's right. Kelsey's loves being social so much. They celebrate it twice a day. Roadhouse Social Hour is every day, 3 to 5, and 8 to close. I repeat, every day, 3 to 5, or 8 to close. Rain or shine, they always pour. Why not try one of their exclusive lineup drinks like the refreshing Route 78 Citrus Hard Soda or North of 41 Draft for only $6. Double the hours, double the social. Kelsey's, the original Roadhouse. Visit Kelsey's.ca for more specials. Taxes extra must be of legal drinking age and let me just say this young man right on uh don't forget to uh enter uh when you're there enter uh often by the way uh you can get a 16 ounce bud draft for only six dollars as well there's all these prizes including nfl jerseys soccer jerseys and swag and the grand prize which we must tell you about a uh, Super Bowl 57 experience. All you have to do is visit the Roadhouse. By the way, this experience is worth like 22 grand. Includes tickets, accommodations, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, make sure you visit Kelsey's or go to kelseys.ca for more information. Hey, uh, Thursday Night Football. Yeah, tomorrow's Thursday already. The line out, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, minus 160 to win. The spread, three points. Atlanta minus three. Just one of the many wagers you could make at Bodog. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And I did I mention they're playing Carolina, the Atlanta Falcons. They're in Carolina for that game. There's a bunch of noise going on upstairs. I couldn't figure out what it was. Dan Duran's up there doing something, doing Dan Duran stuff. (laughs) He leaned back and fell off his chair. I don't Um, know what he did up there. I actually turned the mic down and yelled, "What's going on?" But I I couldn't hear. Uh, We're waiting for the uh, the the Sherpa. Go ahead. Well, the one thing we're going to have to eat, if not Donald Trump, it's probably going to be Ron DeSantis running for president. And to me, it's the, you know, the least of two evils or whatever you want. But what I'm looking forward to, because, you know, DeSantis has a lot of Trump qualities, but he seems to have better strategy and not as not as much of a narcissist and all those things that if Trump had pulled back on might still be president. I can't wait for the primaries, those two guys on stage, because yeah. you're going to have the whack job orange man saying all these ridiculous things and DeSantis reeling it in a bit. So it's going to be entertaining, Howie. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> I, I, and I, I agree with that, that uh, Ron DeSantis isn't going to stand there taking a bunch of stupid 
you know, uh, comments without, without at least coming back with some facts. The the, the hard part for DeSantis is going to be the election stuff because there, there's still a a great amount of those people that are denying the 2020 election. Yes. Yes. And if I were DeSantis, I would take that off the table. Mm -hmm. Uh, I finally got to, I agree. Declare that, you know what? Our elections are fine. Are fine. And because this is our, yeah, just get it, get rid of it. Uh, because mm-hmm. it's clearly not resonating. Uh, where's my guy, Tim Nibble? I says I got mm-hmm. five people, Tim Niblet admitting, I'm admitting two Tim Niblets. Well, let's try it. Uh, Dan Duran's news will follow the retirement Sherpa, even though we're a little bit late. We went long with uh, Noel, but we thought we were going to. So, okay, well, this will be interesting. So, Dan, just wait a couple minutes, if you don't mind. I don't know if you can hear me. Well, is he conscious? Well, he must be because he's. It says he's entered the uh, waiting room. Okay, so uh, I got Tim Niblet joining. Tim is the connecting to audio. Tim, Timberly. Ah, oh, yeah. The uh, Powerball. We should talk about it maybe a little <laughs> bit tomorrow. They they actually had a winner. No, I, no. it was two point zero four billion dollars. Yeah. I saw on your newscast last night, eh, the guy who sold the ticket gets a million bucks and how thrilled they showed him out of his shop where the ticket was sold and they gave him a check for a million bucks. And I couldn't help but think that's it. <laughs> a million bucks? Out of two billion, yeah. Yeah. Tim. I but he was happy. Mm-hmm. I think Tim's having a little trouble here connecting. Um, let me see here. Maybe it's hotel internet. No, I think he's on the road. We're, and and I told uh, I told him yesterday when I was talking to him. I said, "Listen, dude, you know, just call. We don't need to. We don't need to have you on the Zoom." And mm-hmm. yes, my uh, eldest daughter just uh, messaged the whole family that she's feeling better today because she was not feeling well. That's good. Fantastic. Yeah, it's good to know, the little Charlie. Um, Tim. Oh, wait a second. We got another uh, somebody else. Maybe this is... There we go. Oh, there he's going to call. Now he's got the call. There we go. Timberly. Good morning. I think I figured all of you hoops out here. (laughs) Um, Well, listen, I'm going to... I'm just going to leave your other Tim Niblet up on there just because I don't want to... Maybe I'll remove that. If I I screw that up, let me know. Okay, I've got your other one gone. No worries. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Listen, we've got you. I can hear you. What, do you want to tell the audience where exactly do we find you? You're on your way to the southern office. Right. So we're still in South Carolina, a little north of Savannah. And uh, we're going to get home today, southern home. And thankfully, the day before Tropical Storm Nicole comes through. Oh, right. I heard about that. Another one. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully it won't well, affect. Right, and the big one was Ian, right? So yeah. we've gone from I to N already. Wow. Well, I hope that uh, your area is safe and uh, you know doesn't get hit like that. Uh, those poor people north of uh, Fort Myers. But before we lose you, now you were in. So you were in Montreal uh, doing a portfolio managers meeting. Uh, then you went over to Mexico for. Uh, some event where you were uh, given some uh, new status or something. I don't know. It's, just give us a little roundup of where you've been and what you've done, young man. Top of days, 
Yeah, it's been uh, busy times, great times, uh, and and so the portfolio manager meeting was in Montreal. That was uh, certainly social, but but more educational uh, as well. And Mexico was the uh, chairman's and executive council club, so I got to hang with lots of great uh, advisors who run some rocking businesses and make lots of people happy as well. And uh, again, you're on your way to your. I'm, I'm sorry. Did he say something there? Oh, again, you're on your way to your. Uh, southern... mm. Right. So we'll get there, uh, Fred. Probably about three o'clock or so. Uh, right. Go hit Publix and load up. I, I saw Don Nuts. Nuts. Well, there you go. Don Nuts rode the other day in Morgantown, West Virginia. Was that where you were um, with Cooperstown or whatever, too? No, on uh, last. Uh, no, I think it was last year on our way down to um, South Carolina to golf. We went through Morgantown, which is the home of uh, Don Knotts, and we saw the statue on the main drag there and had pictures taken with it. <laughs> yes, it was a great moment. Right. So, yeah, we had to uh, well I had to find a Starbucks, which is a challenge around there. It was early in the morning, and I saw Don Knotts Road, and I thought, I think uh, Fun mm-hmm. Man's been here. Yeah. Absolutely. But the point I was going to make, you're on your way to your homeland, but that doesn't matter because Tim Niblett is licensed on both sides of the border, so it's business as usual. If you want Tim, get a hold of you know, retirementsherpa.ca. Amen, brother. And, and you know, what's uh, where that kind of helps, I certainly have clients who just live in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm taking some Canadian Canadian snacks down to a Tampa client who misses the homeland there's some bits and bites and hickory sticks he mm. wanted to uh, Love those. To, to have, which is pretty funny. Uh, couldn't find the all-dressed crispers, sadly. I hope he doesn't hear that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, there, there's a lot of people who live in Canada now with investments in the States, and U.S. advisors can't help them once they've lived in Canada, whereas we can, which is a great uh, service advantage. All that good stuff. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you and I discussed yesterday, which is, you know, if for the last few months, I don't know about you, Freddie, but I've been uh, a bit afraid to open up my statement. But, Timmy, you were mentioning that October wasn't bad. And the first uh, week or so here of November, just give us. Well, I mean, I don't, so you said something yesterday I thought was interesting that we're that we've either at the bottom or we've we're closer to it. Just uh, sort of recreate that discussion if you can. Sure. So one of my favorite sayings for three decades now, uh, uh, appropriate times, is I think we're a lot closer to the bottom than we are to the top. Right. I'd say that's where we are now. You know, psychologically, if people are kind of fearful, worried, uh, loss adverse, uh, now would probably be too late to act on that sort of urge, right? We uh, we certainly believe there's still choppiness ahead, of course. Uh, the election will probably actually help that somewhat, uh, too, with some, some decent clarity there and not too crazy one way or the other. And, yeah, they're, you know, the economy's still doing well. The unemployment's still good. Companies are, are still making profits. So, uh, choppiness aside, there, there should be some good days ahead of us overall. Right on. Well, that's optimistic. And we... Where, you know, and traditionally the fall isn't the best time for the stock market anyway. So if it's all doom and gloom and we're in the fall and it's only this bad, then it's not. You know what? There's, you know, we can be optimistic, as you say. Yeah. 
Well, we do have the Santa Claus effect still to come, right? So I don't know if that's statistically evidenced or just a good story, but uh, we hear it every year. And I, I do believe on average uh, things are a little bit better more often than not towards the end of the year. But <laughs> I, I also heard you guys talking earlier about the uh, Sherpa-style living. Our, our Sherpa-style investing has been working great for clients and uh, and all. And, yeah, you guys are looking to do some, uh, I'm trying to get a coin Sherpa-style living, right? Having some... <laughs> fun while you got the health and uh, health and the wealth to go along with it well i was referring right. to our conversation you and i talking yesterday and i said you know i know this is you know it seems like i'm doing a lot of travel this year but you know it's been a couple years with the pandemic and as you know we were saying you know you get to a certain age and like okay well i'm still mobile enough and strong enough to do this and you know i can if i'm, I'm gonna spend this money now because in 10 years who knows if i'll be able to and I think that's part of the Sherpa style vibe, which is, you know, you've put this money away. You're getting the, your money working for you with the help of Tim Niblett. So why not use it when you're able to? Tim.niblett or RaymondJames.ca. Final word to you, uh, Professor. Well, just missed you, boys. It's great to talk again and uh, look forward to next week. Enjoy and profit. All right, my friend. The next time we talk, you'll be in uh, your home in the in Florida. I'll be in Mexico. Freddie will be in Brampton. It's all going to work out, Tim. Thank you, my friend. Pleasure as always. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. There's Tim Nimblet uh, on the road. Do-do-do. Uh, so you've done everything you need to do? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think by now people have figured out. Uh, we talked to our buddy uh, Daryl Croft yesterday from EVNet.ca. You were driving around in the uh, Kona Kia, the electric vehicle. Patterson's joined the revolution. Why are you smiling? Well, it's just the way, what, you know, what, the way people think. Okay, the way I think. I I was a little pissed off this morning because I heard the price of gas is going down eight cents. And I'm thinking, well, well, I'm driving this electric car. I want I want the price of gas to explode. Mm. Yes, you do. Isn't that evil? No, it's you know well, you're no, just, you're I, just a regular, I, I'm kidding, just but a it was funny. Guy. I heard uh-huh. that. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to go down eight cents. Oh shit! And I'm not going to be able to buy any. Hmm. Because it is something, as I said, when you're driving along, you think uh, every kilometer I drive, it's like not not gas. It's And here's another observation, Howard. Yesterday while I'm driving up the 410 and I'm thinking, you know, the way lobbyists go and uh, lobbying goes and lobbyists and big money and big oil. I'm driving this car. It's no different than any other car, right? Like it's getting me from here to there. Yes. In comfort. We should be way farther ahead with this than we are. We, you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I think that uh, the, the next 20 years, all of us will be driving something electric. Canadians have said, I said yeah. this yesterday, there's 50% of Canadians who have been, have been basically said their next car right. will be electric. And, you know, it's funny because Lumbee in France was saying that you know, he doesn't think the technology is quite there yet for him, but I don't know about that. I'll tell you what, but the, the bottom line is, before we get to Dan's news, if you wanted to test drive one of these cars, and that's part of what we wanted you to do over the next year, is just try it out. 
You know, and the great thing about evnet.ca slash rent is that you get to rent an electric car. It, even if you're just like curious about it, like Fred's had it for a couple of days, I've had it for a couple mm-hmm. weeks and mm-hmm. it is a different driving experience. And, you know, I'm planning to do a road trip in mine in March and that will be interesting too. I mean, I've talked to Rudra about this, just about how, you know, you get a nap, you can plan your route based on having to stop for 20 minutes to fill up with electricity. Uh, but for, you know, and, and so what? I can't be on the road. You know, that's some, one of the knocks against it is, oh, you know, you have to stop every three or four hours. Well, I'm going to stop every three or four hours anyway. You know, I can't, I don't know about you guys. I can't do, you know, more than a few hours in a car as it is now. Yeah, but when you're on a long trip, every three or four hours, you have to stop for some gas anyway. Well, that's so, what I mean. You're already stopping. Yeah. You may yeah. have to stop a little longer because, you know, you can just fill up with gas in a couple minutes. Right. You know, the, the pit stop for the electric vehicle. Anyway, this is, the, I want to get too deep into this, except mm-hmm. to say, try this out. It's evnet.ca. And uh, today they are bringing, uh, mm-hmm. bringing us Dan Duran's news. By the way, what was that noise, Dan? I couldn't hear you. Oh, the dogs, uh, Clifford, my dog, and your dog, Stan, were enjoying Were, were they playing? Playtime. Well, that's good. Time, yeah. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. You know what? That's the whole point of the pack. Yeah. So they were doing pack stuff. Well, that's fantastic. Slamming around the floor. They, sl- they both slide on the floor because they're... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy for uh, both of them. Yeah, um, did you just make that coffee? That coffee looks good. Yeah, this coffee's ready for you. Okay. Wrap this thing up. <laughs> Wrap what? The show up? Just get the fuck yeah. out of here. Uh, okay, what well, we did, Aaron. Okay, da, da, da. I think we're up to date because uh, uh, I was a little worried the other day. I forgot one of our sponsors. In the meantime, it's time for this. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the Anchorman comes, as for credentials he has none, can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the Anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from the kitchen, with news and views and a fresh cup of coffee, Here's the very inspirational Dan Duran. In our continuing U.S. election coverage from the Battle Pot Desk, five states. <laughs> oh, Danny. Five states had a ballot initiative on legalizing marijuana. Oh, yeah? Arkansas, North and South Dakota said no. Uh, it's projected that Missouri and Maryland will legalize the weed nice. and become the 21st and 22nd states to make it legal. Of course, federally, it's still a Schedule One drug, so it's all kind of messy if you're, uh, if you're uh, fooling around federally. So not recommended to be a Canadian, go there and do anything like this because, you know, you could get arrested. Although I was talking about some of those national polls I saw both, and I think it was the same source on CNN and Fox and... Uh, the marijuana thing, it's like even Fox showed it, like a national poll, like 65% of people think it should be legalized. And even the gun polls, it was like 63% of the population thinks there should be stricter gun laws. And, uh, you know, which isn't a surprise necessarily, but, you know, the way it's, you know... The way the message is sent by a lot of people, it's like, you know, they're taking our guns away. You know, let's uh, that's uh, it's not fair. Like, that's the consensus. It's well, not. It's though. not. And, and, and it's and funny it, you say that with marijuana, uh, that word consensus. 
mm-hmm. like a lot of issues in the states abortion yeah. gun control marijuana gay marriage <clears throat> the actual polling would show that the republicans are out of step mm-hmm. with what most people in that country actually believe which is again right. sort of why it was the outcome last night was at least hopeful and and in the end you know They'll probably the Republicans will get the House back, which is the Congress people, congressmen and women. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's going to be very close in the Senate. And Dan brought up an interesting question last night that I just looked. I, I think I got the answer, Dan, about. So not everyone was up for election last night in the Senate, but everyone was up for election last night in the House, in Congress. So Congress, you're, you're a congressman for, for two years, and then you get reelected. But a senator can get elected for six-year terms. And so that's why you always have a certain amount of the Senate last night that was already, they weren't going to lose their seat. Mm-hmm. But it brought up this point I made to Dan last night, which is why, and I've said this a bunch of times, why there should be term limits for politicians. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because... If you're always, and this happens in Canada too, but to a lesser degree, because our elections are, they're not triggered the same way. So basically, I said, faster. What's that, Daniel? Our elections are faster. But a big part of what an elected official in America has to do is literally today, they need to start fundraising for the next election. That's what their jobs are. Mm -hmm. And Dan brought up this point, which I thought was a good one, which is there's this divisiveness it's why they hi- it's it's why we always highlight all this negativity because that's what gets people energized which helps them raise money. So if you had a limit of 5 years or whatever it would be mm-hmm. so that you could spend most of your time doing what you're elected to do and not raise funds it might at least give people a different sense of politicians. Mhm. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, you know, as you explained it, because I, I I heard a couple of people say, "Well, what about Jim Jordan?" Well, he wasn't. He didn't have to be elected last night. Um, he Jim Jordan. He's the pedophile enabler uh, from Ohio. That's right. Uh, it's been there sixteen years. Sixteen mm-hmm. years he's been yeah. elected, and in he's that. just a despicable human being. This is funny, like. And I know I talk about Theo Fleury and Jamie Sella. So, so, so uh, here's what she here's what you're talking about intelligence and gravitating to the far right. She writes, when the left tells you it may take days to count votes, just remember, America's got talent can count 50 million votes in one commercial break. <laughs> Yeah, she's so stupid. She actually posts that. Yeah, because she's stupid. Like, so I, I've made a great point. It's so you know, and what that does is just expose the intelligent level of that cult. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like counting election votes is the same as some goofy computer for America got talent. Like, no, it's just like, is there? There's no hope. Somebody get that. Like, where's her family? Seriously. Well, uh, it's funny you brought her up and uh, brought up Theo Fleury because yesterday I thought, what is, what's Theo Fleury up to on uh, Twitter? <laughs> and uh, uh, you'll love this because, again, it's all, about the, it's all about the grift. And even here in Canada, Theo Fleury has 230,000 Twitter followers. 
Right. And uh, he is now selling merchandise at something called PatriotWarrior.ca. <laughs> and uh, you want to talk about inspirational, Dan? A warrior is not someone who fights. For no one has the right to take another life. A warrior sacrifices their self for... And it goes on. Fucking bullshit. But basically, <laughs> he, he's selling t-shirts and hoodies all under the Patriot Warrior umbrella. And in the end, no matter what you uh, think about the guy, and he's a twit, he's also trying to, you know, sell some t-shirts. And that's what it's about. Yeah, what a scumbag. That's all he is. Oh, and he writes this morning, Beto spent $140 million on two elections. He lost both. Political waste. No, thanks, Theo. Ooh. Thanks, Theo. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Theo Flurry. Fuck. <laughs> what a fucking moron. Oh, yeah. And to think he could probably be making, uh, be making a decent living as like a hockey analyst or, yeah. or a network of hockey schools or nope. Don't oh, yeah, and another thing he's not qualified. Yeah, and there, there, another thing he writes, he's got another post there. It's a picture of uh, a bunch of cars in, uh, in the wintertime, and it says, electric cars don't work in this. <laughs> oh, God. Like, again, that's another one of those issues. Okay, don't buy one, but why are you against them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, don't buy one, buddy. You know, get your pickup truck with your flags and shit. Theo, great, super. Nobody's forcing. Again, remember, free country. You're free to buy whatever you want. But why is there a campaign against them? They're doing no harm. No one's being harmed by the electric car. It's only helping. Yeah. Oh. Another one of his, when you thought Fauci couldn't get any more disgusting, this one takes the cake, and it's an interview with Tucker Carlson and some other... <laughs> By the way, that's one thing I said to Dan. And again, I know we're biased because we're all, you know, you know left-leaning or liberal, whatever we are, people. But there is a look to the Republicans. There really is. You know, when you pointed it out, Dan, there was one guy, one of the Republican senators, and just had this... That sort of dopey Republican face, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like the gooey, big, kind of, gooey, big yeah. eyed, loves Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. The hairstyle is. Oh, yeah. Um, they love their Jesus. Though, from right? the 50s or something. Yeah. Then, here's the here's Theo last night, I guess, after it was quite clear that DeSantis, you know, had a big victory in Florida. Yeah. He did. I mean, it was completely red. And hey, that's the deal. Theo. Looks like the whole planet is moving to Florida. <laughs> I know. Oh, what a sad little fellow. Uh, Dan, do you have any more news for us? Uh, we should wrap this oh, up so way, I can get a coffee. the Battle Magic Desk. Yes. The Battle Magic Desk. Uh, Tour-related call, but we are keeping an eye on Colorado. If the H&F Decision Desk decides on the Colorado decision to be for mushrooms, they will be the second state after Oregon to legalize the magic. Oh, nice. There you go. Well, good for you. I'm ready for my second story. There comes Dan's second story. Second story. And then we're going to wrap this up, and I'm going to get some of that delicious Dandoran made coffee. Mmm. Go ahead, swear. It's good for you. A study of studies released in October, and it turns out swearing is good for you for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, it helps people tolerate pain, eases stress, builds and maintains interpersonal connections, and in some cases, uh, it helps you be more persuasive. Let's focus on pain management. A recent mm -hmm. study found people can hold their hands in freezing cold water longer if they're repeating a swear word. Uh, repeating a neutral word <laughs> mm. doesn't have the same effect. 
So there you go. Also, does uh, the uh, the intensity of the swear word matters too? There's an unpublished uh, research that's coming out soon. People are better able to tolerate pain while dropping f bombs than with something less vulgar like bum. It does seem that. uh, the stronger the swear word, the more effect it has. But also there's a warning. If you, if you swear a lot, then swearing's power has a diminishing returns. So keep your swearing to a, you know, a manageable uh, amount. Mm-hmm. And then when you, you know, hit your head, then when you swear, it'll make you feel better. That's yeah, I, 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 I totally concur. You know, it's funny. Even when you're on your own. You know, you stub your foot or something, or you're banging into something. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't relate to that, Dan, but the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, even when you're by yourself uh, and, you, yeah. and you do that and you swear, somehow it makes you feel better. What's your go-to word? My think, oh, that's, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's with me. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I don't use the Lord and then I immediately name. get mad at myself. I'm like, I'll do this. I'll, I'll bang into something. And I'm like, and then I'll say to myself, really? Really? You just did that. You just walked into this thing and I got a big arm bleeding from somewhere. Uh, I bet your Fred doesn't swear, though, because he's so uh, grounded. He's so grounded. Uh-huh. What's your, what's your go-to word? Is it the F-bomb? Is the F-bombs. Yeah. I'm sure you F-bombs. Yeah. yeah, probably. Like when you discovered you were flying back through Hamilton, did you go, oh, fuck it. <laughs> oh, I probably went, oh, fuck. Fuck me. You know, yeah. on that point, with the fuck word it's amazing like all you know the streaming shows you can watch that have swear words how it's just part of so much of conversation on so many shows you know that word is what i'm saying is it's just they put it in those shows i guess because it's like everybody talks like this so (laughs) So but how often you hear fuck it's like unbelievable on like, I just watched that show, The Bear, right? When it first started out, I thought, oh, this is a nice little show. But then all of a sudden, you know, the young girl that they hire to work in the restaurant and everything, she's throwing F-bombs and guys in the kitchen throwing F-bombs. And it's like, you know, it's real. That's what would be happening in the kitchen in that situation. So are you saying there's too much fuck? No, I'm just saying the, the thing is, you know, when any of us, you know, just use fuck in our normal conversation, we're not unique. <laughs> No, everyone. And, you know, here's the thing. All the people you see on TV, all the president, yeah. uh, Jake Tapper, Johnny King, Johnny yeah. King, when they I'll tell you right now, Johnny King, who's brilliant, by the way, they, he's probably throwing an F-bomb at the commercial break saying to Jake Tapper, hey, fucker, I'll tell you what's going on in these states. You don't mm-hmm. fucking, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, Did yeah. you get the impression a couple of times last night? John was just a tad annoyed with what Jake was asking. Yes. Sort of in an awkward way. Yeah, absolutely. Because Wolf Blitzer never does that to him. And where was Wolf Blitzer last night? That's usually what he does, what Tapper was doing last night. So maybe it's a changing of the guard. But I'm thinking of John King, and it's like, what a pro. National television, live, you've got that board. Mm Mm-hmm. Pushing those buttons and you're explaining it all at the same time. That's talent. What, Dan, why don't you tell Fred? Why don't you tell Fred? 
Uh, yes, Howard was making the same comments you were. In, mm-hmm. in, Constantly. Maybe, uh, in a savant kind of way, he's, his feeling is that, that, you know, of course, John flawless. has been f- flawless. He's mm-hmm. been at it for a while. He's memorized mm-hmm. every little, I mean, you can It's incredible. On a, I couldn't possibly on a map tell you where all the states are, much less the counties, that the yeah. names of the counties. That I was so everybody. blown away, right, Dan? Like, we were watching it for an hour, and I kept, first of all, I said mm-hmm. that. I told at one point, I was going, hey, Jake Tapper, stop fucking interrupting. Interrupting Johnny King because Johnny King knows what he's doing. Uh, but I kept saying, now show me if this happened and that happened. And then John, like, no, John King's like, fuck that. Fuck, fuck okay. you. <laughs> so, but I, I said to Dan many times in that hour, I said, I can't believe that he can, he can put his finger on that county. And not only does he know the name of it, the candidates, another thing he did, every candidate he mentioned, he had their name down and their yes. and the history. And then he would go yes. and this would happen in the 2016 election. He'd pop that up. There was a moment last night where he had a little bit of a glitch. But even that when that happened, he handled it so well. I said to Dan, I said, you know, because Dan did weather on television, which is not as easy as it sounds, you know, looking into looking off camera. Uh, at because the image on the screen doesn't matter, but it doesn't quite match. Well, that board last night isn't quite like the weather map, but there's a lot of stuff going on there. And in real time, he's going back and forth. Like, I just found it fascinating. And it's one thing to memorize it all and know that stuff, but on live TV, deliver it. Again, flawlessly, although you said there was a little glitch. I'm sure if I go to Fox News, the headline will be, uh, John King stumbles on CNN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that's what they do, eh? They take one little... Like every year, they, every every Monday or Saturday or whatever it is, they do a review. They reference the Bill Maher show. And Bill Maher will rag out on Trump and the Republicans for 58 minutes. And within the other two minutes, if he just says one thing, taking a shot at the left, that's a huge story. Yeah, of course. Without... <laughs> mentioning any of the other stuff i did mention it down though i think that johnny king is somewhere on he's like one of those sort of savant guys where he just Mm -hmm. you know like he's just so smart but he's a little bit awkward socially or whatever but he's been doing that show he does that noon show inside politics on cnn Mm -hmm. doing it a long time so our theory last night was he just he just he just builds up that muscle Mm -hmm. but he's always the guy in the board and just his ability to recall Information is pretty stunning, actually. And how gracefully he does it. Oh, no, he's just all over with You know, with like, he just, the way he's graceful <laughs> as he touches <laughs> that board. And I'm thinking, of, that was me. There'd be smudge oh, yeah. all over it. And yeah, you'd be, you'd be like, oh, and, and, awesome. and dude, you couldn't get a return flight to Pearson. You're not touching any board. <laughs> you're, the, you're not doing this. Can't be trusted. All of a sudden, we're looking at, we're, hey, we go to Fred Patterson at the uh, uh, election desk, and you're like, fucking trying to get a flight. <laughs> I can't do this, okay? I can't do it. Get a flight back. And I'd walk off. the set. Dominican, be, fuck it. Oh, yeah. You'd push the board, push it down. Who can I blame? Yeah. <laughs> what happened to paper? Let's use paper. <laughs> That's right. Fred's over there in an old fucking typewriter. Hang on a second. I'm typing. Not Johnny King, though. Fucking Johnny uh, King is smooth. Uh, uh, anyway, let's and, and I'll just say that one more time. And I often think this when I flip over to Fox. I think, okay, enough now. Let's go back to the normal people. Yeah, exactly. Let's go back to the level-headed, uh, rational spin um, on this. <laughs> okay, well, that was our election show. Thank you to uh, Noel Kassler. Tomorrow, it's all your emails and uh, voicemails. If you want to drop us a line... 
Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com is our email address. And uh, we look forward to uh, spending time with you again. Enjoy the, the rest of this beautiful, sunny day here in Ontario. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, we have limited life tickets. How are you going to spend your tickets? Yeah, exactly. Dan, I know. I need a cleanse. No. Enjoy every gourd, Dan. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?